Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fill Me In, a podcast devoted to covering the highs and lows of the 2021 Philadelphia Phillies. My name's Mitch, and I am one of, but not the, Phillies fanatic. I'm Gordon, and I'm a Phillies fan. My name is Andrew, and I am your favorite New York Yankees fan. That's probably true. Uh, I'm at least in the running, right? You're on the ballot. Right. I'll take it, I guess. We 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 will write you in if nothing else. Don't worry. Well, uh I'm I'm interested to hear how the Phillies have been um the past well since whenever we last recorded. Uh because you know how the season starts and you are like 100% tuned in. It feels like across the whole league. Like you know what every team's pretty much doing. And then the season gets in the swing of things and we're a month and a half in and things just kind of fade. So I've been zoned in on the Yankees and kind of losing the peripheral. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear what's going on with the Phils. That's what we're here for. You know, I'll, you hear a lot of talk these days about baseball being boring and stuff. And we never want to be contributing to that. Um, so in that vein, want to take a moment to give a little update to you guys. Um, you know, we're not above taking a hard look in the mirror and assessing what is and isn't working on this show. And we have found that some of our game recaps are a bit too much of a chore. You know, there's too many big numbers flying around, too much reading and whatnot. So we scrapped those. We're not going to be doing those uh, that style of game recap anymore. Instead, what we're going to be doing, Andrew is we're going to be writing some big, bold, bodacious headlines. One headline for each game. I'm talking front-page newspaper headlines filled with hot takes, extreme swings between optimism and pessimism, and, of course, plenty of alliteration. What's a headline without alliteration? But, uh, Andrew, you know we're going to run through these, and if anything catches your ear from these headlines and you're like unsure of what that is or what we're getting at okay. or you know just want to know more, you just ask us about it and we'll be happy to fill you in. All right, sounds good. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be taking notes here. Okay, let me strap on my uh 1920s uh newspaper salesman outfit and get ready here. <clears throat> papes, papes, extra. All right. <clears throat> I think I got it. You ready to go here, Mitch? Ready. Yeah, Gordon, uh kick us off, baby. Let me uh, step up. I'm the town crier right now. Here we go. <laughs> Offense reaches max capacity. Phil's beat breaks off Braves. Phil's win 12 to 2. Thrice is not so nice. Bullpen's triple cripples Phil's. Phil's lose 8 to 7 in 12 innings. <laughs> Sunday night suck fest. Phil's listless in Atlanta. Phil's lose six to one. Capital B. Bryce blasts in 2021's first DCAB. Phil's win six two. Get on your horse. The boys in red go from dead to redemption. Phil's win five two in 10 innings. Road rage. Phil's limp to rare road series win, but drop finale amid frustrating injuries. Phillies lose five to one. I would read this newspaper in a heartbeat. This is, uh, I'm loving this. 
Some of these headlines are pretty long. I feel like they would take up the whole page. Well, you have the headline, and then you also have kind of the byline. The byline, then, okay. You know, it, it, the, the text gets a little bit smaller as you go, but you need the whole story. I'm picturing like um, the one that comes to mind is uh, like The Incredibles or that old movie, The Int- The Untouchables. I think this probably happens in with the spinning newspaper mm. comes up mm-hmm. and then stops in the front of the screen. That's what I'm picturing as you guys are reading these. Yeah, that was like cutting edge at one point, and then they added it to Microsoft PowerPoint, <laughs> and it was just like instantly dead. That's when something jumps the shark when it's yep. when it's a a default setting in PowerPoint. They added marriage to PowerPoint in the past couple of weeks, and that uh, was a bad Microsoft joke for Bill and Melinda. My sincere apologies there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we're into divorce jokes on the pod now. That's cool. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, I have a lot of questions about these headlines. Um, I did try to take notes. Don't know how well I did. The first one there, I caught something about max capacity. Is that what I was supposed to get from that one? You're absolutely right, Andrew. And here's why. Uh, because deep down in the heart of Texas, they've been having everybody out to the ball games pretty much since opening day. But in Atlanta, Braves fans were allowed back in the ballpark at regular full capacity, which at Truist Park, I believe, is something like 41,000 people. Uh, I don't know if they actually packed out the house that day, uh, but – the masks were not required. It were it was at max capacity down there, and we knocked their friggin' socks off. Knocked their masks off by the look of it. Once they lost the all-star game, it was like, well, what do we have left to lose? Let's try to make some money off these ticket sales. <laughs> they just live and breathe for baseball, huh? <laughs> just the collective city. Yep. Fill their lungs with as much baseball as possible. And then in the second, <clears throat> the second headline there, the triple. This is uh, Mitch. Correct me if I'm wrong. The more a la the triple bogey in golf, in the sense that um, we didn't blow just one, not one, not two. Oh no! But three separate, essentially save opportunities in one game. Uh, we we blew all three. We turned in the triple bogey, and that. I would say that was probably our most crushing defeat of the year, Mitch. Was it not? I think it was. It really made you feel like we're back in 2020 with the bullpen performance. Uh, but yeah, so, so Phil's came out to a 3-0 lead. It eventually got cut to 3-1. to And and into the ninth, we were thinking we were okay. Phil's allow two. Ties it up at 3-3, go to extras. But Phil's scratch one across in the 11th thinking, all right, we got the 4-3 lead. Let's close the door. But Braves get one as well. Not too shocking with the uh, runner on second roll. But uh, anyway, so that that led into the 12th inning where the Phillies said, okay, enough. They scored three runs in the top of the 12th. Surely, surely no way that they could lose the game at this point, except the Braves just went ahead and put up a four spot and walked it off. Yeah, that that doesn't sound like a fun watch because it was enough. Sounds like enough to keep you well, definitely enough to keep you interested. You're winning in the ninth. You're gonna watch the. You're gonna watch the end, and then it's in extras and just 
hit after hit doesn't sound great no not at all now what they really could have used is a larry boa triple <laughs> which especially now he was known for when that runner starts on second it's it's like a you know, you triple in that guy, and then you have a man on third. His fun's just getting started. House money. It's the automatic benefit of having Larry Boa is is everybody else has to start on second, but he automatically starts on third uh, That's right. because he just legged it out. He earned it. They didn't. Okay, next I heard something about a suck fest. <laughs> You'll pardon me if that was the only thing that stuck out about that. <laughs> Yes, it stuck was quite a sucked out for sure. Yeah, it was quite a suck fest is the only way to describe it. Philly's got the Sunday night primetime slot again. Uh, I think that's their third time this year and some division games here. And Phillies have not held up their end of the bargain. Um, they, you know, Nola had a bad start. He let up five earned runs. He only threw 58 pitches. It was a, one of his shortest outings, if not the shortest that he's had in his career. Um, just from the jump, not going well. Um, the Phillies did score in the uh, score run in the first on a McCutcheon leadoff home run, but there was no offense after that, and it was just a very uh, sad way to end the Sunday night game. Spin zone on that one, though. Let me just get out in front of this one. Getting that arm nice and rested for Nola, you know, just cut losses there. It's not going well. Why, why, why torment the man? Pull him out of there, 58 pitches. Let's get some good rest and try again the next week. You know what I mean? It's a good point. There's something there. Um, I believe next was I heard uh, that our one of our preseason prop bets was affected in the next game because uh, Bryce had a bomb. Is that the, the story of that one? Andrew, if you have the the abacus, which is detailing the totals of home runs for Bryce and Reese, if you want to get that out and start start your counting, that'd be great. That's my. But uh, it's true for the first time in a little while. It's been a little quiet on that prop front for for us. But Bryce did homer uh, back in the DMV. Man, he he goes on back, hits that uh, in his first AB, no less. He goes yard in Washington. Capital who's the crowd? Capital B. Yes, Capitol, thank you. you I it. was waiting for you guys to give me credit for that. Capitol or Capitol. Capitol. Yeah. It runs cap- both yeah. ways. Yeah, Capitol's gotten a bad bad rap this year. Yeah, really from January until now, it's been a yeah. hard time. I've seen that now. word online far too much. <laughs> so actually, Mitch, you're canceled. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Yeah, Bryce Homer in his first you know, first at bat in DC for this year. Back in the DC groove, as they say. I think they wrote a song about that. Okay. And uh that that really got the uh, game started for the Phils. Anderson had a nice start. We kept tacking on runs as needed, get the six two victory there in the first game of the Nat series, and actually first game against the Nationals in this season. I would like to see Chase Anderson wrap a new band on his necklace for every win that he gets this year. Well, I'll tell you what, if you'd like to see him do it for every quality start, you won't get to see him put another band on because the man cannot finish the sixth inning. <laughs> I I will say this. He has been quoted. I saw this quote from him. I don't know what interview this was from on Twitter, but he said 
effectively, and the, the first part is a paraphrase, but the last part is the actual quote. He says, if I can just locate my fastball early and start hitting my spots, I'm confident I can regularly go into the eighth inning. That's what <laughs> this man said. He said that. Chase Anderson, fighting Chase, said that he could make it regularly into the eighth inning. I the, said, official, the official stat is he has not yet recorded an out in the sixth inning this year. Jeez. And Despite this man's some, jumping all the way to eight. But he's getting pulled because of pitch count, not because he's in trouble necessarily. Or like well, he lets a guy on and he's got 90 pitches or something like that. And they're like, that's oh, kind of another hot topic because in this game in particular, he had uh, just finished pitching his fifth inning and his spot came up in the lineup with the bases loaded, no outs. And Girardi elected not to pinch hit for him and let him hit with the bases loaded and he did not hit. Um, and then he went back out on the mound and did not record an out. He walked or he gave up a home run and then he walked someone and, and that got is pulled. Not a great look. So yeah, wasted that, that opportunity to really put the game away. It didn't matter in the end. Phil's got the win, but if it had not played out that way, we would be talking a lot more about it. He usually gets pulled Andrew from his starts though, because his neck is sore from all the braids <laughs> he's got on there. Now that I can get behind. If that's his biggest problem, you guys are in good shape. Just saying. Um, okay, I heard a Red Dead Redemption uh, drop in there somewhere. Is that next? Yes. Get on. <laughs> Let me go over this one again. Get on your horse. The boys in red go from dead to redemption. That's very good. So I this was last night that this happened. Um, the... Wheeler was on the mound. Phil's had a 1-0 lead for most of the game and just hoping they could pile on, but they weren't able to scratch across any insurance. And then later in the game, the Nats got a little bit of a rally going. Um, They tied it up 1-1, and then uh, Alex Avila comes to the plate, who is a catcher and and a bigger and a little bit older guy. And he skies a ball to right field pretty deep all the way to the warning track. Harper and Herrera are closing in on it, but they both look a little bit lost. And after, <laughs> after a while, you know, kind of both not really looking like they're tracking the ball very well, the ball lands between them on the dirt of the warning track. They subsequently run headfirst into each other and both fall backwards. So they're both laying there on their butts as the ball bounces away. Then they both turn and look at the ball and they kind of (laughs) seem to both assume the other was going to be the one that would hop up and grab it and throw it in. But neither of the other (laughs) budged. So then they both got up. We need yakety sacks playing behind this. <laughs> exactly. So they both got up at the same time and both went to grab the <laughs> ball and then they're in each other's way again. And this turned into a triple. It was it was ruled a triple for Avila and that put the uh, the naps up. I mean, it it really looked like it was something out of like Scooby Doo, except for the fact that both characters, Herrera and Harper, were both they were both shaggy, and they both just ran into each other. It was comical. It was zoinks. near comical. If if we were, yeah, it was a big zoinks because if I wasn't a Phillies fan, I would find it funny. 
it would be genuinely funny to, to watch. But unfortunately, the slapstick is lost on me because we done near threw it away. So to to that extent, it, it was nice that we, you know, Herrera could come back and he hits the game tying solo homer and then, you know, Bryce singles to help the game winning rally in the 10th. So we do that in extras. At the same time, it just feels like a little bit of this classic Phillies vibe of the past couple of years in the sense of like, we didn't need to have that rally. We could have just avoided all of that with some sound right. baseball, yeah. but instead we're just, we're just thriving in that drama. So that was that one. Yeah. You guys are the, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially dating the girl who is only into it because there's the drama. And so you got to keep the drama going to keep the romance alive. Cause as soon as the drama has gone, everything's going to fall apart. That's a dangerous game and That's hope a dangerous, dangerous. Here, game. here we go. And hope that along the way you build a solid enough foundation to, uh, to build upon once the drama's gone. Can't have any of that Fred and Daphne love. Got to be that Velma and whoever that lucky man out there is. Uh, before we move on, I did, you mentioned Alex Avila in there somewhere. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard this story, but I read about this, I don't know, at some point recently, and I have to share this because if you don't know about it, it's something. So uh, Alex Avila, you mentioned he's aging. He's been around for probably 10 plus years um i remember him as a tiger mostly i i don't have the info in front of me about how long he was there but i'm pretty sure he came up with the tigers and spent most of his career thus far with them in 2017 he was traded from the tigers to the cubs Uh, It was a trade deadline sort of thing for a relief pitcher and some minor leaguers. Um, And what's interesting about this is that at the time, Detroit Tigers general manager was Alex Avila's father, Al Avila. The man traded (laughs) his own son. Wow. What do you get back? He did anybody right know? The Tigers. I mean, he got relief pitcher Justin Wilson, who I'm pretty sure they flipped, and Jamer Candelario, who is now starting for them. And I mean, they're not great right now, but he's probably one of their best players. Yeah, uh, along with another guy. But like, that's that Dombrowski cold bloodedness right there seeping so. through the org. <laughs> that like you can't. That's not something you've you forget. Well, speaking speaking of his dad, Cruck had this little nugget last night. He said, uh, I guess Al Avila and Alex Avila, the general consensus pronunciation on both of their, their last names, which are the same, was different pronunciation. So one was like generally said Avila and the other one generally said Avila. Something to that effect. And they both individually stick by the one or the other so i thought that was funny it's like what what, what are you doing guys sounds like they have a really close relationship on the same page and they really like and enjoy spending time like that's what i'm getting from this yeah yep it's like those teenage siblings it's like like literally anything you do i will do the opposite right. just to spite you 
Yeah, so a Thanksgiving dinner I would not want to be at. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely at opposite ends of the table. No question. Uh, well, I won't dwell there too much, but I had to share that. That's just going to be something that I will never fully wrap my head around. How do you trade your own son? I think I might retire before I trade my, <laughs> trade my own son. But, you know, like you said, Al's cold-blooded. Uh, I believe we're on our last one. And I heard uh, Road Rage, which doesn't sound great. Well, the story behind the Road Rage is twofold. One is that the Phillies had some pent-up rage on the road because it took them 10 tries to finally win a road series. They had really been struggling on the road. It's been since 2019 that they've actually gotten a series win in an away away series. They flipped the script on that against the Nationals. No better time to get started on that. So, So that was... A good thing, and I'm sure they felt a uh, relief to get that monkey off the back. Um, but the, the second part of the rage is the, just frustration because the injuries are starting to pile up. And I know this is true for every team in the MLB. Uh, every team goes through it, especially it seems early in the season. There's a lot of like smaller injuries that just like you know it keeps the team from really getting into gear. But you know, here's the list: you got Hazley, who's still officially listed as day to day. Uh, Tereus went on the COVID IL. Quinn is on the IL for his finger, which we talked about last time. Matt Joyce, Archie Bradley, and Jojo Romero are on the 10-day IL. Uh, and Didi has been having elbow issues, so he's day-to-day, but but he's still with the team, so hopefully he returns to action. You know, you'd think it would be sooner than 10 days from now since he did not get put on the injured list. And then really the big one um, – Real Muto, he left the second Nationals game due to bruising on his knee because he took a foul ball right to the uh, knee pad of his of his catcher's gear. Um, he ended up leaving the game and then got a double whammy because um, the the next night he turned up with uh, stump stomach issues and a fever. And although he tested negative for COVID, uh, he was put on the COVID IL because with those symptoms, um, you know, the protocols are to stay set you know stay out of the clubhouse Mm -hmm. so just a frustrating list there you know tough to really get going when the lineup's different every night and uh, phil's just hoping to stabilize i think i mean with the number of guys we got out it's just like right the lineups aren't going to be that different for the next couple nights because who are we going to pick from there's not going to be that many folks to the, the bench is short um you know, you, you got a really compelling law firm there in Joyce Bradley and Romero as well. I think that's a really compelling law firm that could really compete with the best of them. So, uh, you know, Bradley had his AAA rehab start. Uh, he got the sixth inning uh, of work today down at Lehigh Valley. I think he'll be back. So we're going to start to gain some of these folks back. But, yeah, it was just kind of like uh, as we head to Dunedin, I believe, it's like we got to hope to start getting some of these guys healthy. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, but, yeah, it, one of the funny things that did occur, like you said, how, how different can the lineup be night to night when you're really at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> in terms of your depth? Um, when Real Muto went out, it actually resulted in Scott Kingery being next up on the depth chart after Andrew Knapp as catcher. Uh, I have no idea oh, if no. Kingery – Yeah, no idea if Kingery has catching experience or if he was just – you know the the one out of you know the two or three guys who are at the the, la, the you know the end of the utility players list, and he would you know he would be the one 
best suited to be catcher of those few guys or what but i think he was literally the closest to whoever was filling out the sheet (laughs) just like uh who's our you know fourth catcher and just looking around ah king ring got you that's probably what it was he he was out there uh between innings you know when nap was still getting his gear on um you know Mm -hmm. after an at bat and scott was actually out there taking the uh warm-up pitches so it was pretty funny to see you just hope it's not uh, – you hope it wouldn't be like the uh, Kendall Hinton, the Broncos quarterback situation like, like uh, you know, Kingery played catcher when he was in AAU when he was 13. So uh, get the pads on him. He's, the, he's our emergency <laughs> catcher for this series. Like I hope it's not that type of a situation. Yeah, no. I was going to say calling – calling uh, what's his name? I think it's Kendall Hinton on the Broncos. Hinton, best yeah, year. calling him Broncos quarterback Kendall Hinton is – Hey. He did it. He deserves it. He's, I'm not going to throw shade okay. at that man. He went out there and braved an NFL game. Uh, take but, that back. If that were me, I would be describing myself as former Broncos quarterback forever. That's that's a fair point. I mean, I believe we called up Marchand from from AAA, so I think Kingery is safe uh, at this point. He will not be strapping on the mask to to do his duty behind the plate. Yes, correct. We did call up uh, an extra catcher for some depth there. Thank goodness. Um, but speaking of depth or lack thereof, a uh, quick update on center field. Really looks at this point like Herrera is kind of winning the job there. Um, over his last five games, he's hitting 389 with a 1.333 OPS, two home runs, five RBI. And again, that's all in five games. So he's hot right now. And that's something we've literally not had or any stretch of games from that position this entire year. So in terms of on-field performance, I mean, he's the best you've gotten uh, so far. I think the stat that sticks out most for me on Herrera is, uh, well, actually two stats. It's uh, it's like 18 skips and four bat flips that resulted in no <laughs> home runs are the stats that stick out for me. So he needs to stop doing that. Advanced metrics. Yeah, he needs he needs to give that a rest, but uh, the numbers do not lie here. They point to some level of consistency in the sample size of five games. Too small, but it's literally the only time over five games we've had any production from anyone out there. So we will take it. Can I provide an update on the preseason props? Please. Prop bets. As long as they are um, supporting the way that I bet it. Yes. <laughs> if I, I, I don't have in front of me who bet which, but uh, I think you'll be happy with at least a couple of these if memory serves. Um, the first one we had, which was probably the most aggressive line on my part, was Bryce plus Reese home runs. The over-under was set at 69. They currently have 15 and are on pace for 64 home runs. Oof. So a little behind there. Uh, probably about last week when they were both sort of on a home run tear, that number was much higher, um, and it's still going to take a lot for them to get there, but not out of the question. What do you say, Gord? How are you feeling about that one? As the individual on this pod who took the over, uh you know, Reese is going to add to that total in bunches. It's going to come like that all season. It's going to be, you know, he adds six in a week and then right. he goes two weeks without adding anything. So 
I think that's going to be a hard one to track. There's not going to be a, you know, Harper will just, he'll just pour it on. There's a ceiling there somewhere, but he's going to pour it on. Well, it's going to be Reese that uh, we, depends, and we knew this. Depends who you ask. Cause I don't think Bo would tell you there really is a ceiling on Harper this year. Well, it just sounds different. So I think it's going to sound higher than 69. I trust it. Nola's strikeouts. The over under was set at 220. He currently has 53 and I have calculated a pace that he is on to hit 221. Oh my gosh. I said 222. Somebody pay me the money. Pay me the money right now. I took the over. Mitty took the under. I'm looking at the results of these right here. Optipod to the moon. Mitch, what do you think? Is that going to stick around? Hey, I hope it does. Uh, There have been times in my life where I've been wrong before, believe it or not. (laughs) And this one would be beneficial for the Phillies. So, so be it. Girardi ejections. The line is three and a half. So far, he has one uh, and almost two. If I'm right, there was a time that he was arguing pretty aggressively and did not get thrown out. Yeah, I thought I really thought he was going to have two and it would have been like two in a week. So that would have really helped the pace. But I was I was surprised he didn't get thrown out that second time. Well, he already has one and we're not a quarter of the way through the season yet. So he is on pace to pass that. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then, um, we also had starting pitchers used the line was 10.5. We're at six right now. We're going to have to see the season age a little bit before, before we can really, uh, estimate pace on that one. Bryce hairstyles. The line is 1.5. As far as I know, we're still just at one. Has he hit the over on that one yet? No, I, I think we have to classify that all as one. He's doing the fanatic kind of wide headband right now. It kind of lends itself to a different look a lot of different times. He's wearing the hat like he's from Westchester, Pennsylvania, in the <laughs> sense that like it rides up real high on the back there. That's not his hair, though. The hairs remain the same. So I think Vegas would be holding steady at uh, zero so far. And the final one, of course, is Phillies wins. The over-under was set at 80.5. They're currently at 20 on pace to win around 85 games this year. Spicy. Is this – if I told you when we made these that at this point in the season they'd be here, is that about where you thought they'd be, 20 and 18? You know, one of your comments from last episode kind of comes to mind, Andrew, is that, yes, the short answer to your question is yes, we are at the place that we that we should be, and that's because our, our true colors have shown in some ways. Bullpens kind of come down to earth from the early aughts, um, but we've left a lot on the table. So, I mean, like that Rocky series comes to mind. I think certainly that Atlanta game was winnable. You know, like there's there's somewhere in between six and eight games, I think, that we've kind of left out there for no good reason. Um, You know, I'm not saying that we should only have like five losses, but, you know, we're we're a far better team than I think just 20 wins. Yeah, and I mean, of course, there's always the other side of that. Like the Mets gave us at least two games. You think about Chase Anderson's uh, strikeout that brought home two runs for the fills and that proved to be the difference in the game. And then another Mets game where they threw the ball past the catcher and we, the fills took the lead, like, you know, but I think at this point in the season, you're right. More games have been uh, kind of let go by the fills than, than they have been uh, lucked into. So 
Yeah. I mean, there are, there were some games left out on the table um, and it, with the tough, the toughness of their schedule to start off, I think to be at this spot is pretty respectable. I think one game that we can all agree is not in question is uh, the Alec Boehm touching home plate against the Braves though. That one mm-hmm. is a lock. So nobody don't disagrees. spend more time there. But that was really cut and dry. Everything else is negotiable, but mm-hmm. that one fair and square. I'm glad we're on the same page. But yeah, the Phil's first to reach uh, 20 wins in the NL East. Doesn't hurt to uh, grab a little headline like that, and it's uh, it's 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 always good to be leading your division. So never a bad thing. But in actuality, leading the division is kind of an abstract thing, really. So uh, <laughs> I am going to have to regret to inform myself that the Phillies <laughs> aren't actually leading the division. Um, you know, we'll do it live, but uh, the Mets. I mean, if you sort by wins, <laughs> we are leading the division. And you know what? That. That's a good point because at the end, once everyone played one sixty-two, that's what you sort by. I couldn't agree more. That's what you it's sort like by. We've said it all year with the Mets. They've only played like four games, so I mean, of course still, wow, they're really have to make. They actually declined thirty-one, I think, but they're still well behind the pace. One interesting thing I noticed about the standings here is that the Phillies are 13 and six at home and seven and 12 on the road. Road rage, baby. That's what I'm telling you. That's not great. It's the age old story of Philadelphia sports teams. They come home in front of their own people, shoot the lights out. They hit the ball out of the ballpark. They pitch unbelievably. You know, it's just name your sport in Philadelphia at home. Very competent. I like the road. I, we just fall apart. I don't understand. You slipped into a little, little extra Philly accent there. This was really nice. I, I was nice. I, I chalk the home, the home uh, success up to home cooking. You know, Mama McNabb with the chunky Campbells. <laughs> <laughs> Who cooks up the soup? Who? What Philly's mom? I the the, the social media team uh, from yeah. Philly's did like everybody was so and so's son on Mother's Day last Sunday. Who's who's the mom on the Phillies who cooks the soup for everyone? Mm. That's a great question. I I kind of I kind of want to go with like something like Bradley's mom because Bradley's just got that like infectious fun personality, and I just feel like he gets that from from his family that he grew up in. So I, I picture their house kind of being like everyone comes over, like that's always the house you kind of gravitate towards. Mom's always cooking a big meal, always got something good. I'll oh, come on in, guys, sit down, I'll have something ready for you. You know, that kind of a feel. I bet Renaissance Man Didi is he's like minutes away from deciding that he wants to like take a culinary, you know, course or three, and <laughs> he'll just make the soup for everybody in the clubhouse. Throw down. I think that's pretty good. I was going to say Segura, but yeah, I, I actually like the logic behind both of what you guys are saying there. So I would, uh, I'd tally my vote behind either DD or, or Bradley. I think it's pretty good. Gord, who, who do the Phils have coming up? Well, as I alluded to uh, just ever so briefly um, a little bit earlier, we are going to Dunedin, uh, you know, that, that special, special land. Uh, we're going to head down, and we're going to play the formidable Blue Jays starting tomorrow, uh, tomorrow evening. We're going to take three against the Blue Jays. 
and then we will do three against the Marlins. Um, and then following that, we'll do one more series ahead of us there. We're going to take three against the Red Sox. So those are the next three series, Blue Jays, Marlins, and Red Sox. The, the Blue Jays just took three, I think, from the Braves. So they are on a little bit of a hot streak here, especially against NL East teams. Uh, so would love to kind of cool them off a little bit, but they are uh, they're at the top of your division, are they not? Uh, the Red Sox actually are at the top of the uh, of the ALE. So I was going to say, friend of the people, if um, you guys could, you know, get a couple ALE sweeps, the Yanks would not mind. Yeah. Well, these games are on the road, so as you know, it's going to be a it's going to be an uphill <laughs> battle for us either way. But uh, the, at least the Blue Jays games are. But then, uh, yeah, with the with the Marlins again, they've been our Achilles heel for a while. And then the Red Sox, who apparently are doing good, you know, news to news to me, doing really great on my end. But um, those are our next three series, and I think the way that we play against the Marlins, this is a crapshoot. I wouldn't be surprised if we go five hundred on the trip. Yeah, Marlins have proved to be tough. Um, Gord, I did want to say, if you're not up to snuff with your AL East knowledge, just stay tuned for the next episode of Yank My Chain, our uh, our rival or sister podcast. Can't decide which. Yeah, it's hard to uh, say. I think I like calling it sister. That's pretty good. Mm. Coming up next, a deep dive into the uh, <laughs> analytic stats on Garrett Cole's beginning to the season. Cy Young Award, here we come. No thanks. Rather not see him play the way that he's been pitching lately because uh, you guys know the Yankees are coming to Philly uh, just a little bit, and it would be wrong if we didn't go to the game. Right, guys? It's it bad. It, yeah, bad for business, definitely. We would be remiss. Yeah. So, and so we'll... we, can write, we can write those expenses off as, as business expenses, right? I don't have to pay taxes on that. Mm-hmm. I think we That's can. Right. And and what's more, we can actually record an episode at the game. And I think technically that makes the whole of Citizens Bank Park our office. Mm. Well, that's the dream. That's a lot of square footage to write off on your taxes. <laughs> we, we are business people. And that sounds pretty special. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, man. I so hope that 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 lines up with a Garrett Cole start so I can be there. Uh, in the same building with him, I've yet I've yet to Garrett Cole references per minute way up here, and I'm against it. I've yet to be in the same uh, building with him since he signed with the Yankees. Very anxious too, uh, but yeah, guys, let's get to one of those games. Looking forward to it. All right, live from CBP. It's fill me in. Looking forward to it. That'll be excellent. Um, Let me uh, pivot here before we have any more Yankees talk. I want to give a quick update on some merch. We have a new line of merch that's out. So we have our traditional logos and stuff that are up on our website. Uh, You can get those on a host of different fits. Uh, We also have a blackout logo that's available, but then we've also added another line and that is the elf line quality start specialists. Got a couple of different shirts with uh, that bit on there. So take a look at the merch store. If you have not recently, I uh, just wanted to plug that really quick. And while I'm in the business, uh, have you heard of our social media? Fill me in social media. Not too bad. We got Instagram, which is, that's kind of interactive stories, polls, clips from our episodes. We announced the new episodes on there. Uh, but then Twitter, that's that's where, that's the bread and butter. That's the main account. That's uh, our reactions to in-game events, team news, 
Uh, I'm pretty much trying to converse with just TMAC and, and, and pretty much everybody uh, around the place on, on Twitter. Uh, and then every once in a good while, you get uh, fill me in MIDI at PMI MIDI chimes in uh, with jokes so incredibly poor that even the Phillies' official Twitter account will shake their head in disgust at him. So uh, you got the you got the response from at Phillies. I did. Yeah, I'm just that type of a tweeter. I'm built different when it comes to <laughs> the Twitter fingers. And if you guys missed it, you could check it out on on Twitter, or we also uh, threw that up on an Instagram post. So you know that you could check that out if you missed it. I think the Phillies are just cloud chasers responding to your tweets. <laughs> They're definitely cloud chasers of old MIDI Twitter hands over here. Oh, man. So check us out. Uh, that is fill me in pod, uh, Instagram and Twitter, especially those two places. But that being said, plugs are over. We're done with that. Enough of our bloviating and self-promotion. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. PMI is available on all major podcatchers, and you can catch all of our past episodes, our present episode that you're hearing right now and future episodes, as well as our social media at fillmeinpod.com. So for myself, for Mitch, and for Andrew, this has been Fill Me In. We're out of here. <laughs>